0: What's going on, everyone? This is George Gleife. We're back with another episode of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with none other than David Siegel, the founder of David's Tea. All right. I should have said Let's Grab Tea, probably. It's probably better. Uh, David's also the founder of Mad Radish, Uh, super, super entrepreneur, lots of experience in the retail space, Uh, originally from Ottawa, so a brother from Ottawa, and just super excited to have you on, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell me just one thing. What was it about tea that made you want to start David's Tea?
1: Well, I think I think nobody was doing it in a fun way. Um, mm. You know, you looked at the tea market and it was either most of it was sold in grocery stores or you had these specialty shops that were usually on a secondary street, kind of back alley location, and they're either very Asian or very British. And you kind of felt like you had to whisper, or know something about tea just to go into them so uh, I think I think you looked at this massive category that is really anything you put in hot water it's not coffee even though tea is a very specific plant in North America we consider all herbs and, and fruits and whatever whatever kind of infusion you are doing a tea so you had all these endless possibilities of really cool blends you could do um, and and uh, yeah, I mean, we just want to do something really fun with it, and and modern and young, and and uh, away we went. We opened the store, and you know, we built from there. Um, it's very similar to Mad Radish, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you look at needs in the marketplace It just aren't being met, and you know, in the case of Mad Radish, it's it's you know, we're we're our, our qual- uh, quality fast food is is lacking in this country. Um, you know, and, and, and we just felt the same thing, like that, that Canadians deserve better. You know, I mean, we deserve healthy fast food that tastes as good as it makes you feel. Uh, you know, eating well shouldn't be like taking your medicine. Um, so, so, you know, for there's 10 burger joints for every one uh, health food concept. So, um, you know, similar similar kind of situation where there's just, there's just a big market need that, that I, I don't know, that I think isn't being met.
0: Yeah, you almost did uh, to tea and to Mad Radish what kind of Gary Vee did with wine. You almost kind of democratized it, right? Because at one point in time, which you alluded to, it was like you had to be kind of a connoisseur of teas and it was kind of a herb. It was just a different kind of sense to it, whereas this is fun. Uh, Actually, when I got this 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 morning, uh, you know, you walk in and just the customer service is is on point. They're asking you to taste. Uh, There's all these different flavors that you don't even know where to start. Uh, so kind it does make it more of an experience, uh, which, which is something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I had
1: a ton of fun building Davis Tea. I left that company three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold my share in it and, uh, you know, wished them well. And then I moved on to Mad Radish and, and we're looking to do a very similar thing. to build a great brand in, in Canada, especially, um, you know, and, and, and provide a really quality product uh, to, to Canadians.
0: Walk me through through kind of the, the starting point until that kind of transition, David, and, and what you learned. I want to take kind of lessons from David's Tea and then lessons into Mad Radish, just because you have, I mean, such a profound story with both of them.
1: Well, they're very different businesses. I think, I think David's Tea um, is a sales culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk into David's Tea and say, hi, welcome to David's Tea, and you get that really bubbly, smell this, smell this, smell this, smell that, and it's this very engaging experience. Um, fast food is very different. You're looking for a a quality product quickly and you want to get in and you want to get out and you want consistency and you want it to be, you want it to be tasty uh, and you want to make you feel good. So the level of it's, it's a much more operational environment than a David's tea. Mm -hmm. Um, from a brand standpoint, I think it's, it's similar. I think with food, it's even more pronounced where, you know, so at Mad Radish, for example, um, Every time you order with us on our app or you you scan your bar, your account barcode with us at the cash, we donate a serving of fresh vegetables to someone who needs it in the community through Canadian Food Centres Canada. Now Canadian Food Centres Canada, they reinvented the food bank. They made they sort of the food bank model used to be the beggars can't be chooser's model. Anyway, it's this amazing organization where they they give people in need, uh, healthy food. They eat together as a community, they cook together as a community. And it's much more of an uplifting environment um, where they're able to help these people get back on their feet. So we, we saw that we wanted to tie in, you know, so it, it, we felt it was a great time for us because just, you know, when you're dealing with food, especially healthy food, the the brand component becomes so much more important, like how you, food is emotional, right? Um, so like, uh, you know, all of our packaging, for example, we're hundred percent compostable, um, and we're just trying to build a company that, that uh, you know, makes sense in, in today's modern world and, and, and is doing well, not just for itself, but by its community as well. Um, so the brand piece, I think, is even more important in food. It's important in, in tea, but with tea, it just became very pretty packaging, uh, you know, and, and um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think product is still in both cases is, is king. You got to have a great product.
0: Exactly. Before marketing, right? I mean, it always. Yeah, and
1: that doesn't happen overnight. You know, like David's tea. You go in there, you buy a gift package, you see those beautiful boxes with those those windows. Like when we first started, you know, I remember my first Christmas at David's Tea. We had FedEx shipping tubes with tea inside, <laughs> white shipping tubes with labels on it, and we had white lunch bags like you take to school um, with a label on it and some tea inside. So you know, you're you're constantly iterating and getting better and getting better and getting better, and that and that's and that's really important as well as you learn from the market and what customers want. Um, I think in both cases, you're, you know, the biggest hurdle to growth is not necessarily money. More often than not, it's people. Where mm-hmm. people tend to screw up is is not having um, enough of a, uh, a store culture and, and base of people that allows you to scale. Um, you know, you see it a lot where a company's service and quality falls apart as they open more stores because, you know, when you think about a retail concept, it's it's nobody cares who the CEO is. They care about the person that's in front of them serving them the product in that moment. So that that applies to both David's Tea and Mad Radish. Just the criteria for what makes a great store employee is a little bit different in a, in a Mad Radish environment versus a David's Tea environment. Um, yeah, I mean, those are some of the key things. Real estate is obviously extremely important in both cases. Um yeah, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, retail is about being able to create something that people want to be a part of and getting great people to come on board and, and help you grow it and letting them kind of make their contributions and, and make it theirs uh, and being willing to let, let that kind of grow and foster, you know, you plant the seed, but you got to let it grow too.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very interesting concept that you just touched on because usually when you think of like tech entrepreneurship as an example, say you had a software or SaaS business, the CEO, obviously the C, the senior management team is very critical. Uh, what you're pointing out is like the first impression is always the person who's servicing the end customer. How do you instill the culture, the value, the vision that you want into the kind of the front line so that that gets translated into the customer?
1: Well, I mean, you, got, you have to be present. Uh, you have to be in the stores. You have to be you have to be demanding of that culture and and also celebrating that culture. Um, So customer service for us is, is everything. I mean, I will personally visit a customer and and respond to a customer. We, it's, it's, you have to, it's a mentality. It's an attitude. Uh, You know, you you have to like my partner uh, had a, had a great thing where usually when you do an org chart, the CEO is at the top, Mm -hmm. but in retail, you almost want to flip the org chart. So that the store, the store team is at the top, not the bottom, and the CEO is at the bottom. Meaning that's kind of the mentality you want to have in the sense that your job as a head office. So we even changed the word from head office to support office, you know, because you're you're there to support the stores. Um, And I just think it's it's an attitude that that has to be pervasive throughout the company. And and you know, when even even when you think the customer is wrong or trying to take advantage of you. My philosophy is you still have to do right by them. Um, you know, there's, there's. I, I'm old-fashioned that way. I really do think the is always right. And and you just you just have to have that philosophy, and, and you have to be you have to be present. You have to be in those stores. You can't be in an ivory tower at, at head office all the time.
0: And are you are you talking to customers as well? And when when you do, what sort of conversations are you having? I mean, how's your meal?
1: Um, what do you think we could be improving on? Is there anything you'd like to see that you're not seeing on our, on our menu or with our service people will open up to, you and you have to, you have to read the, the the various emails that you get. You get lots of them, especially in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the key though is, is that, you know, you can't, I don't think you can jump on every single piece of feedback you get, especially with something like food, because everybody has an opinion and everybody has a different taste or whatever. You have to look for common threads within, within the feedback that you're getting and the data that you're seeing as well. Um, you know, a David's tea. If we walked into a store and I asked the staff, I'd say, "Hey, you're with the customer every day. What tea do you think we should have that we're not carrying?" You know, one person would turn you and be like, "Lavender. We need a lavender tea." And then, uh, you know, in the early days, I call up and be like, "We need a lavender tea." Sure enough, we get a lavender <laughs> tea, and, and the thing didn't sell. Like nobody bought it. Right? It's because why? Well, because one random person walked in the store and asked for lavender tea. Where you're successful is if you go into five to ten stores and then you ask, "What do you think we should sell?" and then they say lavender, they say coriander, whatever. They give you three different blends that are different from each store. and But you have one that's common. So five out of, out of the seven stores says banana tea, for example. Well, then you know tea is probably going to do well for you. And sure enough, it usually does. So I think you're looking for common threads in your the information you're getting. But you have to be looking at a lot of different sources for that information. Most importantly, the customer.
0: Yeah, it's, it's that consensus. I mean, now that, that, that you have a second successful venture you obviously have certain patterns that, that you kind of knew going into Mad Radish that you probably learned throughout David Stee. What were those kind of uh, learnings that, that you just didn't want to repeat that might've been mistakes in the past?
1: Um, well, I think you have to be willing to be... Nobody likes turnover, but I think you have to be willing to make hard moves to get the right team in place, to be able to grow. And when you see that there's someone who is, um, um, who's, you know, who's still valuable potentially to the organization, but not someone, what a lot of startups do that's a, that I think is a bit of a mistake is they, the founding team becomes the executive team. And the founding team is not necessarily the team that should be the executive team. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and that becomes very difficult for a founder as you scale, as you're successful. Um, so that's something that that at, at David's tea we we went through as a growing pain that that um, I think we could have managed better. Um, yeah, I mean, there's that. There's other things. I got to tell you, Madras is a completely different business. It's it's uh, the food business is very different than tea. Um, the expectation is very different. Um, you know, I I. I there, yes, I learned a lot from David C. that we're applying, but we're, there's also things that we're learning quite a bit that we're learning in Mad Radish that, that um, you know, the customer acquisition strategy is a little bit different. Um, it, it's it's easier, for example, David C., we did tons of sampling. Well, that's much easier when all it is is hot water and leaves and crap, you know, and, and, and in a thing. You can bring anywhere around. You can do all these different events. You can, so, I mean, that's much more difficult. You know, doing remote events, for example, in Mad Radish is much more difficult, so much more costly. So, you know, you find different acquisition, uh, things that are much more effective in this environment. Um, I think one of the biggest differences is that in the food, in the tea business, the person behind the counter can, can really make the difference on service. But in Mad Radish, the person behind the counter can make the difference on service they can impact the product and they can impact your margin all in one shot. Um, so it's even more training becomes even more important. Like, like the management of, 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 and, and processes become even more important. So I think, I think, you know, there are different things that we're learning along the way. And, and, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, product development, I would say is very similar. And, and and I learned a lot from David C in terms of how to develop product. Um, but but uh, I think the biggest difference, too, is that, is that you know, you, you have a bit more of a steadier hand the second time, I find, than the first. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it's also, like, you just did a, such a great job with branding. I mean, that's probably, like, such a superpower of yours just because, you know, obviously well, the name's on, on, on every one of these these cups, but just more than that, like, it's so recognizable. I mean, to get to that level, and, and Mad Radish is, is definitely in that kind of zone now where, like, people just know the name and, and it, that's very difficult to achieve. What did you say? So, I mean, like, just to get to that level, it's it's far enough. Well, I mean, it. my,
1: my favorite phrase is that it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. I, I mean, it. Mad Radish is just starting out. But, but with David's team, you know, like, it didn't – it, it took us time. I mean, it wasn't – I used to walk in – I see a lot of similarities where when I walk in a room now, well, I have half the room knows the knows the company, knows Mad Radish, loves the product. The other half doesn't. David's tea, that used to happen all the time. I mean, now people know the concept and, and it's it's pretty well established in Canada. But like, you know, you go back six years ago, five years ago, even like, I'd say half those people had no idea. So, I mean, it, it takes time. You have to get out there and you got to shake hands and you got to really get people trying the product and um, and it has to be a great product and, and, and the company has to have uh, great values and you got to be able to get an amazing team behind you that really is passionate about that and, and wants to, to get out there and tell everybody about it. So, um, no, it's very similar. I mean, I mean, in in that regard, I mean, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's being able to stick with it and show up every day and really, and really, uh, uh, and really, you know, tell people about, about something that you feel is, is amazing. And, and then and then you get validation along the way or not right so mm-hmm. when you get validation then you know okay like I, I this is i'm onto something or or not and then you're like okay we need to change something
0: and and can you tell me something man i mean uh, i think we often t- talks about this it's like the value of the shadow you know every entrepreneur kind of goes through this point where you're just like screw this i'm over like i can't do this anymore uh if if you had these experiences uh what made you want to persist
1: Well, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's a difference between you have something I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. I think, I think you have to be able to look at the facts and, and, you know, I've seen entrepreneurs who, who, who continue on with ideas that clearly aren't working. Uh, and then there's a difference between that or when you have an idea that's kind of working and needs to be iterated and and evolved and improved. Um, you know, the latter can be extremely frustrating, but, but I'm not one to walk away from something that I think has legs. And usually if I think it has legs, it's because there are some facts on the ground that indicate that, um, you know, so I think, I think that's, that's sort of, you know, at the same time, like I, I had a company before David C that didn't work, um, you know, and I, I had to walk away from it, you know, and it was in the software space, uh, not my, not my game as it turns out. Um, <laughs> It was related to retail. I had a company around, it's called Fitting Room Central. We captured what people were trying on in the fitting room and compared it to what they were buying. So we gave them this conversion rate. Mm-hmm. The, room. And the idea was when you try something on, you like the look of it, you're evaluating it on the rack. And then when you put it on your body, you're evaluating fit. So when you look at whether something's selling or not selling, you don't really know why. But this this information would give you more insight as to why. And I pitched it all across every single clothing retailer you can think of. We even got a pilot at Macy's on 34th and 7th. Fundamentally, it wasn't. It was a nice to have, not a need to have. And uh, you know, it was a big IT commitment. You know, there's no such thing as the cloud in those days. And and long story short, um, you know, it, it just wasn't a good business. It was a good idea. It was interesting. I love that word in business. You know, interesting is is kind of a dirty word in business because it, it sort of means like you know th- what you want to hear is like when can you deliver, not interesting. Hmm. Uh, Um so interesting is very academic. And so, like interesting, I kept thinking I was close, but I wasn't. And it was these long sales cycles. And eventually I just stopped. I said, you know what, this isn't working. And I had to walk away and lick my wounds and and put pick myself up and do something else. And um, you know, I've always loved retail. I worked in retail as a kid, and that's when the idea for David C came about. And you know, um, and I but you know, I, I felt I felt I feel very comfortable in environments where I'm getting some traction. But not as much as I'd like, and what do I need to do to fix that?
0: Mm. Well, thanks for saying that. I mean, uh, it's nice. To, I, I guess for, for maybe aspiring founders who are listening to this, to hear that it wasn't just all sunshine and rainbows, which I knew it wasn't. Oh, um, it never is. Anybody that <laughs> that's lying. it's 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 no, it's not. But you have to you have to love it. You have to you have love. To
1: it. Well, you have to love the challenge of it. I mean, I think I think um, um, you do. You have to you have to love the the mental game of it. Um, I think I think as an entrepreneur, managing your emotions is is one of the the most important things to do. Like you know, you need to take care of yourself because you ultimately make very impactful decisions. So, um, you know, and and the emotional swings as an entrepreneur are, are extreme.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Like so I burnout. Mean, dep- I mean, the depression is rampant. Uh, you hear about all these things because people just don't take care of themselves. What is it for um, you? Like, what you, what is it that you do? I'm just kind of curious. Do you have uh, any? Different uh, I mean, I. <laughs>
1: I've I've got lots of battle scars, Uh, (laughs) lots of them. Um, What do I do? I mean, I I like to exercise, I like to meditate, things like that. I I watch my diet, obviously. I mean, I started a health food concept, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, I'm excited about my radish. I really am. I I love it. I wake up every day. I mean, I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing it because I love it, and I'm doing it because I really feel that we're doing something. Like, diet is the biggest health issue of our time. And with Mad Radish, we think the way to get people eating healthier is to inspire them. So we're doing premium, you know, salads and, and bowls, different dishes with, with chicken, with salmon, with all kinds of different vegetables, with amazing dressings. And then we're also doing uh, grab and go and all these $10 and under price points, um, some amazing sandwiches, some vegan, like a, we have a chickpea tuna, which is like a smashed chickpea. Salad, you know, and then others more like a fired up chicken, like more of a Portuguese style spicy chicken. So I, I have a lot of fun innovating the menu. We launch a new menu every season. Um, we're always looking for seasonal vegetables that are, that are in season. Um, so I, I love that. I love, I love the action around it. I love watching the team get better and better. I love watching the customers fall in love with us. I love, I love seeing my favorite thing is seeing a customer who came in and perhaps didn't find what they loved the first time. And then, you know, talking to them, whether it be over some kind of channel, whether it be on email or, or somewhere else or, or live in store in person and being like, Oh, did you try this? Or we're coming out with that. Check it out. And then having them call, come back to me and be like, I loved it. And knowing that we iterated and we got better. And then we won that customer over. I mean, that, that for me is just the best. Um, so, I mean, I, I like that. I like, I like trying to perfect uh, a concept and I feel every day I wake up knowing that that's, what we're doing with mad radish uh, has has the potential to impact a lot of people for the better
0: and and do you ever visualize or or see you know mad radish becoming synonymous with healthy fast food because when you think of fast food you think of these you know burger king whatever popeyes right. uh, but yeah. you're kind of changing that game you're making it fast accessible i'm trying to time. there are
1: others out there and i think i think our approach is that that we need to be able to service all uh, different times of day and different price points too i think with a lot of these salad concepts, most of them are predominantly in downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have yet to expand to uh, a wider market and often the price points are quite high. And what we're trying to do is is offer uh, price points ranging, look, you can eat with us for, for 10 bucks, you can eat with us for 15 bucks. Um, and, and in either case, you're gonna get great product, uh, you know, and you're gonna feel good after you eat it, you're gonna get a, a good balanced nutrition of proteins, of of vegetables, vitamins, minerals, et cetera. And you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get, and it's going to taste great. And that's something that we're really focused on is making sure it tastes great. I mean, the joy of eating is one of life's greatest pleasures. So, uh, you know, we feel that, that we can give consumers not just food that makes them feel great after they eat it, but, but also, you know, they enjoy, they enjoy it while they eat it. Um, And we're looking for full meals. Like this is not rabbit food. So I think a lot of people's perception of salad is that I eat it. it's a bowl of spinach and I'm hungry again in two hours. Yeah, uh, and that's really like if you check out our salads, we I mean, we got fired up chicken salad, we got a smoky Caesar with with cashew Parmesan and garlic chickpeas and these smoked mushrooms and um, you know it's 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 chef inspired products um, that are gonna fill you up and 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 that are that are delicious.
0: That sounds great, man. I'm about to go there right now. Go cool. on. Uh-
1: Young and Eglinton in Toronto. Check us out.
0: I was going to ask, like, how many stores do you guys have now?
1: We have four now. Uh, three in Ottawa.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, one at Young and Eglinton in Toronto, um, and uh, we're open, which we just opened about five months ago. And then one, and then we're opening three more
0: coming soon. So why, why Ottawa to begin with?
1: Um, I'm from Ottawa. Um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm here, and uh, I mean, we knew we'd end up in Toronto. We'll end up in Montreal, I'm sure, eventually too. And um, yeah, no, I mean, Ottawa's a, a, it's a good test market. You get a, a good mix of different kinds of people. And I think it was important for us to um, develop a concept in a market that has all kinds of, that has a wide. So with Ottawa, you get a mix of governments, you get, you get uh, tech execs, you get, you get a lot of different walks of life. Not that you don't in Toronto, but, you know, if I open on Bay, Bay street, it's, it's, it's uh, it's a di- very different audience in the rest of the country. Um, so we just, we just wanted to make sure that we, we got a wide, cast a wide net to try and understand the market as a whole. And um, you know, and we're, we're, we're taking some strides in that direction and, and we're going to continue to improve and, and get better.
0: Do you ever create a business plan for these things? Like, do you know exactly which location or is this something that just pivots over time?
1: I think, I think it's, it's, you're, yeah, I mean, I think you, you do create business plans, plural, um, but it's very hard to do it at the start. Like the definition of a business plan implies that you have a business. You know, when a lot of schools, look, you have to do some planning. I'm not suggesting that you don't. You obviously do, but I think you've got to get in the game to really understand it. So you have all these, but when you get into a new business, you have all these aspirations and, and beliefs in your head. And then you open the doors and they all get shattered because um, the customer tells you things that you didn't know. And the market tells you things that you didn't know. And, and or I you don't want to hear Yeah. Or, I, well, I, a lot of the cases you don't want to hear it. I think that's a lot of things that 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 hinders entrepreneurs is they're building businesses for themselves, not for the customer. And the customer often does not want what you want. Um, and, and you have to be able to say, okay, I don't necessarily like X, Y, and Z, but that's clearly what the market's telling me. Um and so I think I think the real planning starts when you get in the game. And that's and that's when you really start to plan and learn and adjust. Uh and 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 I think that's when when your plans start to really take shape.
0: Love it. Well, David, I want to be mindful of your time. I got one last thing for you, man. For someone uh listening to this who wants to start a business, preferably in retail, uh, what advice would you give them uh given what you've learned so far?
1: Um Start small, work in the store, and learn the business from the ground up.
0: I love it, man. Simple yes. and effective. David, go to Mad. First of all, everybody listening to this, you've got to go to Mad Radis. Let me know what, how it is. And, uh, hey, man, I really appreciate the insights that you that you provided.
1: My pleasure, George. Thanks for having me. Take care.